0: welcome back everybody to another episode of what the heck is crypto it's been a crazy crazy couple of weeks in the crypto market since we last chatted got a lot to update you all on today first little update on the markets ethereum just broke through two thousand us dollars for the first time since uh august or so of last year before the merge huge huge level for ethereum going to be interesting to see if we can hold above here and move higher or if this was just the top of a huge range bound move for eth maybe give some thoughts on that a little bit later first a quick update on some big going on in the tradfi markets we had a, a cpi print come in on wednesday the cpi prints i think have been uh decreasing in importance lately, but still something that the Fed is definitely keeping an eye on. I think overall, the main takeaway here was that it was a bit of a dovish print, I think came in a little bit cool. My guess is that the Fed probably doesn't hike anymore in May. Probably still, I would say a 40% chance or so that they do go through with a uh, 25 basis point hike, but I think almost certainly now uh, no hikes in June. So that means we have a pause on the horizon for us. And if we can get a little, little pocket here where liquidity continues to uh, remain elevated as it has been all year, and we can delay a recession or a credit event maybe till you know end of this year or even 2024, uh, we could see some room here for, for crypto prices to move higher. Bitcoin and ETH, you know, the main drivers of the, the market, especially Bitcoin, are both bumping up against really critical resistance levels right now. So it's the type of uh, pivotal moment where you, know, you wouldn't be surprised if we sort of run into a wall here and then go lower. But also, if we are able to kind of trade through two thousand on ETH and trade uh, and and hold above, you know, thirty-two k or so on Bitcoin, there is a lot of room on the upside for a move. You know, it would not shock me to see a a thirty-two thousand to to forty-five thousand type run on Bitcoin if we can uh, break above and hold. Is that going to happen right now? I don't know. Prices moved quite a bit, uh, very rapidly in recent weeks. Usually, you need a little bit of a breather, you know, if anything, before you hit these uh, these huge levels. Price does not go up in a straight line. I myself, you know, have been pretty long all year. Made the mistake of uh, hedging out my ETH position a little bit too early on the uh, Chapella Fork yesterday. Well talk a little more about that later, but I, uh, yeah, I hedged out around 1900 or so and get, uh, got absolutely wrecked this morning on, <laughs> on, on the hedge. Um, so close that out with my tail between my legs and just sort of enjoying the remainder of my, my spot bags. Um, I remain cautiously optimistic in the short term, but pretty bearish on like a multi-month, you know, time horizon. I, I, I think the, there are are two kind of nasty things ahead of us. The first is that, you know, I see a lot of reason for liquidity to kind of stop going up and maybe take a downturn. We're going to uh, run into the debt ceiling negotiations this summer. The uh, Treasury General account, which has been being drained all year, is is probably going to start ticking back up. And a lot of the, uh, you know, the Fed bank, lending program loans that went out that have increased the balance sheet. Those loans need to be paid back. They have a pretty high interest rate attached to them. So I'm I'm not sure that that liquidity is sustainable. So, you know, as a trader going to be looking for opportunities to keep going long in the short run, but with the idea in the back of my head that this might be a bit of a, uh, you know, short-lived rally here. Um, Well, I mean, hasn't been that short Live so far. We've been going pretty much up only for uh, you know, the better part of the last four or five months now. So it's, it, it, it's been a good move already, but possibly a little long in the tooth. So something to keep in mind. I, I, I am still sitting with a lot of cash in my overall portfolio. I, I, I do think that there's a good chance that we, we do see um, a lot lower prices either you know, later this year or maybe early. Early 2024, so trying to keep a pretty long time horizon and 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 plenty of cash on hand. But that being said, I th- I think it is silly to assume that that is what is going to happen. The future is inherently unpredictable and unknowable. So you you, you always want to make sure that you have a little bit of a long term bag on you for the projects that you really believe in. You know, for me, that is Ethereum. I do have a spot bag of Ethereum that I never plan on selling. So uh, even if i am a little bit wrong or very wrong on the uh, idea that we we do see a, a sort of double dip downturn here uh, i will have something to uh, enjoy the gains with <laughs> i'm 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 not selling uh, everything under under any circumstances anyway uh let's check out some of the news that happened this week first uh, ftx uh, as you know if you listen to this program and 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 take part in crypto is the exchange that Absolutely exploded in November and, and pretty much marked the local bottom uh, thus far in crypto. It's been reported now that they may be considering <laughs> reopening the FTX exchange. Uh, the FTT token has absolutely ripped on the news. It's up uh, well over 100% this week as I, uh, as I record this podcast. In, in, in other crazy news, the FTX attorneys, uh, they, they told the court they've recovered over seven billion dollars in liquid assets. Um, so great news for um, you know people who 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 got wrecked in the uh, in the exchange uh, going down. You might see a little bit more funds back now. Uh, the, the the crazy thing about these assets is that apparently a lot of them were found via private keys, just sort of left in the open on uh, AWS servers. So billions of dollars in assets, basically just. Sitting in the equivalent of like a, a a Google Doc, absolutely stunning to think about the uh, level of in, incompetence there, but um you know, nothing is going to surprise me <laughs> that I hear about FTX at this point. Uh, next up here, Solana has uh, announced that it's going to be launching the famed Solana phone. I think it's it's going to be called the Saga. It's going to be available for uh, customers in the US, EU, UK, Canada, Switzerland, Australia, and New Zealand. Again, orders starting May 8th. I'm kind of excited about this. Uh, I, I like the experimentation in the in, in the space, uh, anything to make it more accessible and friendly for users. It's not something we've done well in crypto thus far. Uh, the Solana phone is designed to Kind of integrate the web three experience uh, seamlessly onto your mobile phone. There's definitely a a huge disconnect right now with how we interact with applications everywhere else in the world versus crypto web three apps. You know, I personally reach for my phone first for 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 everything that I do, whether that's ordering an Uber or looking up something on Google Maps or you you name it, but that's not the case with Web three. I do all of my web three on my computer and it just always feels like there's like a disconnect there. There's a lot of reasons for this, right? Like Google and the the Apple App Stores, they they enforce like really strict rules around their payment systems, um, and many web3 apps have to make uh, you know huge compromises to be able to just get listed in the store. So Solana having its own phone is now going to enable them to have a separate uh, app store that sits alongside the native Android app store where the web3 apps can reside. And the other thing that's really interesting, I think, about the saga is that there is a separation, you know, between the crypto custody element of the phone and the sort of operating system uh, level of the phone. Like normally, if you're running an Android phone, you have a wallet on there, right? Wallets are sort of backed up with, the, uh, you know, they're, they're protected with like a, a private key, that private key allows you access to all the funds in the wallet and nobody else. Well, that private key is residing on the software layer, the Android operating system. And, you know, this is not really, really safe. It's not the type of setup you would feel comfortable keeping your, your net worth on because a compromise in the Android uh, OS could potentially compromise all of your funds. So with the saga, there is this um, kind of like a separation. There's, there's actually like physical elements of the phone where these uh you know the elements of your 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 wallet your private keys are stored so that if there's anything that happens on the software layer you can't uh get wrecked. So kudos to Solana for 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 this. Like I I really like to think that um the Solana token is is going to have another run in the next bull run. It's been interesting to see Solana NFTs performing pretty well recently. I think Solana DeFi might be a little, uh, might be a little wrecked. Um, (laughs) it's certainly been wrecked after FTX, but like, I like the idea of Solana becoming this sort of like retail friendly chain moving forward that has, um, NFTs that has, uh, phones and stuff that people can interact with and like actually use crypto for. So I'm looking for a chance to buy Solana in the future. I know I've been saying that for a while. I don't want to buy it here in the twenties. I I hope I can buy it, you know, sub 10 in the single digits. At, at some point, it's going to be one of my little uh, lotto ticket bags, I think. So um, yeah, I'll let you guys know if I, uh, if I see price coming into his own, that uh, looks a little bit tasty for me. On to the next thing. On, on a related note here, Uniswap has announced that they're finally launching their Apple app. It's been a uh, month of review by Apple before this thing was uh, finally approved, but now Uniswap, the uh, arguably most premium DeFi application, the, the, the best example I would say of what is possible with DeFi in terms of just the, the safety, the security of it, and like the, you know, the value delivered to the users, like over a trillion dollars in swaps now, I believe, uh, on Uniswap, certainly the app that, that I use most in crypto. So really, really cool to see that coming to the, to the app store. In addition to uh, the uh, Ethereum mainnet, users are going to be able to use Polygon, Arbitrum, uh, Optimism. You can uh, track your NFT collections now uh, because um, Uniswap has made some acquisitions in that area to compete with OpenSea. Uh, You'll be able to obviously purchase crypto, you know, swap crypto for crypto, but also purchase crypto using debit cards through MoonPay. So I think we're seeing like the early stages here of the the true development of the, the application layer. We've talked a lot on this program about how it's possible that in the future, and I would say likely in the future, that much like in the real world where value doesn't really accrue in the internet to like the underlying protocols of the internet, it accrues to the applications that are built on top of those protocols. It accrues to Facebook, it accrues to uh, Instagram, it accrues to Uber, it doesn't accrue to HTTP or TCP IP. I think a similar thing is going to happen here in crypto. Ultimately, for users to interact with crypto, I think they're going to interact with applications in the same way that we applic- uh, the, that we integrate with applications in the uh, sort of traditional world that we're used to. And, and who better to build out these consumer uh, consumer facing applications uh, on our phones than the Uniswaps and the, the the Aves of the world? You know, the the protocols that are making like the the huge leaps forward. In uh, building out the uh, you know the the these applications on on Web three that we're sort of connecting our MetaMask wallets to uh, when we use uh, when when we swap when we borrow and lend uh, in our Chrome browser. So I think this is not the last you're going to see of this. I think you're probably going to start seeing you know you're going to start seeing like a, an Aave app rollout. We've also talked about Uniswap Aave potentially even pivoting to having their own chains entirely. So. Twenty years from now, you might just be interacting with the Uniswap app and like all of the uh, all of the things happening underneath, uh, whether they be on Ethereum, whether they be on Arbitrum, or whether they be on like the Uniswap chain, it's not going to matter to you anymore. You may have like the nice user interface that you kind of know and understand and expect from all your uh, traditional apps, and uh, yeah, this is just another thing I think to get the normies into crypto and give them an experience where they don't like freaking lose their minds because this this stuff just sucks to use uh right now for anybody who's not an expert so awesome job uniswap you love to see it all right so last thing this week i want to touch on uh what i think was the biggest event of the week and that was the rollout of the uh, ethereum capella a combination of uh, the shanghai and capella updates um on ethereum Without going too much into detail on that, the main thing you need to know is that ETH staking withdrawals are now officially enabled. Um, so anybody who staked years ago has been uh, unable to withdraw their staked ETH. Uh, that is now done. As far as I'm concerned, the merge is is officially over. So we're going to close the book on what was like a, an incredible event in Ethereum history. I have gotten this event very, very wrong so far. I'm going to just come right out and say that. Um, maybe, maybe I'll be proven wrong in the current days. But um, yeah, I, I thought this was going to be a potential big uh, selling event because we are unlocking a lot of ETH supply that can be sold into the market. But um, yeah, yesterday showed the folly of trying to make short-term predictions on prices because uh, Ethereum absolutely ripped yesterday, um, not just in dollar terms. Uh, but in bitcoin terms it's been on uh, an an absolute tear so um big congrats to all of the eth holders out there uh, myself included pat myself on the back uh and a big congrats to the eth devs who've made this happen um i continue to believe that ethereum is the you know the best tech that we have in the crypto space and you know the one that has the the most potential it's really the one you want to keep your eye on as a user um, as an investor because i i just i just think that's where all the potential is and that's where all the developers the mindshare the users are like it really is in my mind like the the lifeblood of of crypto and i and i hope that someday it sort of is able to decouple from bitcoin because we are still in a stage in the in the in the crypto markets where ultimately it's very difficult for anything in crypto to do to do anything bullish if bitcoin itself is not bullish quick preview of what is ahead for ethereum what you can look forward to next Um, we got a lot of updates planned we had the we had the merge and we're going to have the the surge i think we've got the scourge uh, (laughs) the verge and the uh, the purge so they've done a nice job of rhyming all these uh, future uh, ethereum updates we'll just focus on uh, one of them today the thing that we all need to keep our eye on next and that is the surge the surge refers to uh you know the intention to drastically update the scalability of eth there's a goal of giving ethereum a uh, throughput of 100,000 transactions per second for some context i believe uh the eth mainnet currently does 12 and a half or so per second uh, according to the last the metrics i looked at online it looks like we're about 15 you know ish on layer twos. so in aggregate, we're we're doing like a little under thirty transactions a second on all of the Ethereum network right now, with a goal of getting to a hundred thousand. So massive, massive orders of magnitude up, uh, upgrade if devs are able to pull that off. For some perspective, um, PayPal, PayPal currently is doing um, about one hundred ninety three transactions per second, and Visa, kind of like the gold standard in this. Uh, 1,700 transactions per second. So, so an upgrade of 100,000 transactions per second would be quite the monumental feat. Go just another step further in, in securing uh, the Ethereum network and being like a sort of global payments and settlement layer, um, which I think is like the real vision for the future of what is being built here. That's going to be achieved through roll-ups, which we've talked about a lot. We've talked about roll-ups uh, like, uh, like Arbitrum, Optimism. And then ZK Sync, you know, a big one that's being rolled out now. But the other thing we haven't really mentioned much is uh, sharding. Sharding refers to the splitting of the Ethereum network into multiple parts called shards. Um, currently, right now, when there are transactions happening on the Ethereum network, every single you know node that is operating on the network has to validate, you know, process every single transaction that is happening, right? This is kind of how um, blockchain is traditionally worked. Like everybody in the network agrees on everything. It's a secure process, but it's a process that makes crypto sort of inherently like really, 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 really slow. If you want to kind of build these base layers in a secure fashion and security is of the utmost importance when you're building base layer. So what sharding would do at a high level is like, say you have like a hundred nodes operating across, um, the network. Maybe you break that into to ten different shards. Now there's sort of like ten nodes in each shard, right? So instead of like a hundred people having to agree simultaneously on all the transactions that happen, now sort of in like parallel, maybe you can have ten people agreeing ten different times, right? And you've you've increased the uh, the transaction throughput by by an order of magnitude. If you want to learn about this in a little more depth, you can uh, go online, Google. Uh, Proto Dank sharding—it's a pretty, pretty funny word—but hopefully that's going to be rolled out later this year. And uh, EIP four eight four four delays frequently happen with this, so maybe we don't get it until twenty twenty four. Hopefully, uh, no later than that. But that is the next big thing to keep your eye on in terms of uh, you know the Ethereum roadmap. I don't think that that's going to have the type of immediate impact that the merge did i mean the merge has had an incredible impact thus far because it is it has burned so much ethereum that otherwise would have been um you know structurally sold into the market it's been very supportive of price we're not going to see any kind of like you know day one impact like that from um from sharding but we're sort of like building out the highways we're making them uh, making like 20 lane highways you know plenty of room for traffic to drive through so that in the future when the users do finally come in mass when we do get that adoption uh the network is going to be able to support it so big thank you again to the ethereum devs for pushing all this stuff through Mm -hmm. it's been cool to see the uh the roadmap play out (laughs) even though things have been delayed very badly and uh you know, every time one of these things gets checked off, the, uh, the angry Bitcoiners on Twitter, they lose, uh, another piece of, uh, you know, FUD to throw out there. We've been hearing about the, uh, oh yeah, sure. The merge, got the merge went through, but, uh, the devs won't let you take your coins out. That's dead now. I'm sure there'll be a new piece of FUD <laughs> when, uh, when the next thing rolls out and so on and so forth. But, uh, yeah, I don't pay too much attention to that. I, I, I believe in the, the long-term vision. I hope you guys do uh, as well. Big supporter of ETH on this podcast. Anyway, that'll do it for this week. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back next week with a, another good episode for you. I don't know if uh, I don't know if uh, next week's going to be quite as exciting as this one, but hopefully, get some uh, some more news to tell you about. Until then, thank you for listening. Have a great weekend, and I will see you next time.